I'm Julie. I'm Kalea. And you're listening to the latest episode of Girls With Fun. Thanks for joining us. Every week we get together and chat about something on our mind about BTS. Sometimes we're silly and sometimes we're serious, but we're always creating a podcast by ARMY for ARMY. If you haven't yet, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. And without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Girls with Fun. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. How about you? Same. <laughs> super, super excited for this episode, though. We've, um, I, I'll do a little spoiler and say that we've edited about half of it, and it's amazing so far. Yeah. So, you, um, you all know that we've been doing a collab with Black Indie K-Pop. Um, for Black History Month, so we're getting into our last week of Black History Month. Um, and I think we saved the best for last. I mean, we had other things planned, and the way like the schedule worked out just did not happen because that other episode just took up three episodes. <laughs> we did not speak of her. <laughs> oh, anyway, we'll get to the other. Yeah, we'll get to the other content later, but. Um, yeah, I think we saved the best for last with this episode, or two that'll be coming. So, we are doing a Black Army panel. So, we invited some of our friends to come and chat and share their experiences um, of being a Black Army. And I'll let you introduce them. Yeah, sure. So, unfortunately, we tried to have everyone introduce um themselves but as you know it's not girls with fun if we don't encounter some technical difficulties so since it was our first panel we did lose some of the audio for two of our guests so just to treat everyone fairly um we'll introduce them all we will link their social medias their blogs their channels um you know uh all of that good stuff in the body of the episode so please do go and check them out so um I guess our our friends, I'll just run down the list in no particular order, not age order, not alphabetical. So um, anyway, uh, our friend Jess was on the podcast. You may remember her from some of our earlier episodes. She is 30 years old, um, just to give you a sense of everyone's age range. And she is part of our uh, DMD BTS meetup group. Um, she and I met actually at a Winx concert tour. So that's how I know Jess. Uh, Brie is 27. She's also a YouTuber. Um, she's also a member of our DMD group. Everyone is, but she's been coming out for a while and she's been a good friend and we're really excited to see the success that she's had with her channel and we hope it continues for her. Again, her channel will be linked in our description. Um, we have our friend Christine. She has also been on some of our previous episodes. Um, so she is also a YouTuber. We will link her channel in our description. She is 25 years old. Um, and then we also invited our friend Faith from our BTS DMD group, and she's also 25 and she is an artist, um, primarily on Instagram. So we'll link her account as well. So please do check out all of their work. And then of course you have Kalea, who is recently 26 and myself, Julie, who is 29, uh, I am not black, as you guys know, but I am moderating the panel and super excited to hear what um, all of our friends have to say. Yeah, so without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Let's do it. All right, so let's get into these questions. So first question I have here. When you first watched a BTS music video... Or listen to one of their songs. Did you feel a particular connection to them or the music that was different from other groups and artists? Christine being bold and kicking us off. Let's go. Okay. So 
the reason why I like BTS when they first came out, because everyone was doing like the cute stuff, like the guy you had a crush on in your class. And they came out like, boom, here's my abs. We rapping all fast, <laughs> yelling. I said, oh, okay. I was listening to like, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Because I was listening to like Shiny, Super Junior at the time, you know, they were like bopping. So it definitely was like a 360. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I see Jess has her hand up too. Jess, you want to say what, what got you into them or what you felt when you first saw the first music video or helped you connect to them? So the first time I actually saw BTS was actually through Big Bang because that's who I was listening to a lot of lately. Um, and, you know, at first I was like not really into it because I, I was looking more at the visuals than anything, honestly. And I was like, oh, they look like little kids to me. I can't do it. But it seems like their their videos were like super popular. They would have millions of views. I was like, interesting. But what really got me into them was actually listening to Pandora. And of course, they have like a mix of everybody. And when it uh, hit, like, I think it was Butterfly or I Need You. And I was like, whoa, this is different. I was like, this feels like somebody in America would, like the quality of music that somebody in America would do, but it's in another language. And I was like shook. And I was like, who is this? I need to figure out more about them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that feeling. Um, Brianna, I think I saw your hand raised. You can go next. Okay. Um. So, yeah. My first introduction to BTS um, was actually through No More Dream. My friend, my best friend at the time, um, showed me the music video. And I was just like, oh, this concept is really different. Um, it was very like hip hop based and kind of like what Christine said, instead of like the soft um, boy crush concept, it was like a little darker and edgier. So I liked that. Um, but I didn't really pay much attention to them, I guess, until later on. Like, I think when Run came out, Save Me, and then especially Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I just, oh, man. Like, really, Blood, Sweat, and Tears is what hooked me. I was like, oh, yes. This, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> Can relate. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Faith. So I feel like it's so cute listening to you guys talk about like what comebacks like initially attracted you to BTS because I literally saw them when I first saw their stuff. It was their debut stage. I was watching like um, one of the music bank music shows and I was actually not looking for them. I was looking for EXO, <laughs> but BTS came on first and I was like, wait a second. I haven't heard a group sound like this like ever in K-pop. Like, musically and even just their look, they were coming, like, hardcore. So I was like, what? I haven't seen this in forever. And then I thought to myself, well, this must be, like, an old group. And I haven't heard from them because they're so good. Like, they have their music together, their dances together, their sound is just on point. I was like, why haven't I heard of them? And then I looked them up, and it was literally, like, they just came out today. So I, like, was just generally impressed with, like, how hard they worked. Because while I was watching that music bank, there were a lot of, like, idols that I saw that didn't seem that like put together as a group. So that's what like made BTS stand out to me. I was like, they're only a rookie group and they're already like killing it. I was like, oh, have to stand. That's it. Day one. So I've always been attracted to them based on like their, I guess, stage presence and stuff. Yeah. So for those of you who have been like into K-pop for a while, right? Um, and like now you're seeing BTS, like what what was the difference for you? Like what stood out? I know you guys were talking about like, you know, the the concepts and how they were doing things different, but like what was the climate like in twenty thirteen or whatever year it was that you got in um into BTS? Like what really like stood out for you that made you go like, Oh yes, this group, that's it for me. I see Christine with her hand up. Take it away, Christine. So for me, it was the hair that Perm RM had. <laughs> so, 
I said, is he mixed? Where they make him at? <laughs> and like they had eyeliner on the top and bottom lid, like the style. It was just in your face. Like Jess was saying, it was something what I was familiar with here, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I I I totally agree. Like the listeners by now pretty much know that I got into BTS by uh, listening to Just One Day. So that was like my first time seeing them. But it was just something about like seeing those visuals, like the familiarity of it. Like, of course, um, or I shouldn't say of course, but like the music that I was listening to, like, yeah, I was listening to pop, but I grew up like listening to like R&B and hip hop. Right. So I think my mind was just blown like <laughs> seeing a group doing um, like R&B like I was feeling it I had no idea what they were saying but I could still like make that connection um like it felt like I don't know like genuine and like sincere it didn't feel like it was coming off weird like <laughs> I don't know everything was just hitting right the singing's hitting the dancing's hitting they're rapping like everything's just like flowing together right um and like the language didn't matter right the familiarity of it just like overcompensated all of that. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. Like it didn't feel awkward to listen to it in another language and it didn't come off choppy. It didn't come off like just, oh, they're just singing to a beat that they were given to, you know? They actually were feeling what they were singing. That's what it felt like to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Bri, I saw your hand pop up. Did you have something you wanted to add? Um, Yeah, kind of going off of what everyone else said, um, especially Kalea, I feel like a lot of us that were born in the 90s, we kind of have that connection to groups, whether it's like R&B, hip hop, whatever. Yes. So that was so familiar. And um, at the time when I first got into BTS, I had been into K-pop before, but I had kind of like fallen off. And they were one of the groups that got me back into it. Like a lot of you guys said, the visuals were on point their performance they really didn't even like look like rookies to me at the time I was like I I forget I think Faith said how she was surprised that um they were a new group when she saw them and that's kind of how I felt they definitely had this energy about them I guess like I I guess yeah you can say like their authenticity I feel like like no one was like bts at the time that they came out um both like aesthetically and like sound wise and um also like just personality too like the way they came out the uh get go with like army bombs and stuff was like very interesting like it was like they were trying to get to know fans as well as us getting to know them uh at least when i first started getting into them so i was like oh that's like really cool i haven't seen like a k-pop group try to be as like involved as its fan base so that was like immediately kind of like appealing to me and then I also I mean (laughs) I feel like sometimes especially probably at the time when I started to get into them k-pop did not have like hip-hop kind of in that way that was like huge in music banks I feel like it's much more common now but there was a very big poppy or like dance sound and I was kind of getting tired of that and then BTS came out and they were hip-hop and I was like oh okay good that's something like fresh and nice to like hear so that's like what kind of drew me in yeah there was definitely this like massive wave after BTS debuted where like everyone's first concept was pretty much hip-hop I think it's still going on today um (laughs) you doing hip-hop yeah, I don't know if that's just like the trend, if like if it's because hip hop is just like super popular worldwide right now. I don't know what it is, but every group is going to debut with like some kind of hip hop concept and then they're going to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> and they may not ever come back to it ever exactly. again. <laughs> so clearly they had an impact because people were like, ooh, this works. Maybe let's just hip hop every time. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I'm hearing like comments from Faith about how it seemed like fresh and different and then Brianna said it actually like brought her back into K-pop after like drifting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. something was working. Yeah. But like even like okay, it worked clearly, but at the same time, um like for BTS, they weren't really like popping right. until like what was it? 
I need you. So, like, the general, like, Korean public or, you know, the K-pop fans in Korea really were not, like, feeling BTS when they were doing their hip-hop concepts. But the Western fans, like, us over here in the U.S., (laughs) we were eating that up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in 2015 is when they, like, really started popping off, like, like, Korea acknowledged them. But every international fan was already very excited about them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's funny to think back, like, Yeah, I I think that's, like, one of the interesting things about BTS were that um, they had such a large international fan base before they had, like, a large Korean fan base, Mm -hmm. and a large portion of the international fan base was Black. (laughs) Like, just so you know, if you weren't aware. (laughs) So, like, we've been here from, like, day one. Mm -hmm. Um. So how do you guys stay connected with BTS and other ARMY? Um, you know, like ARMY's all over the internet at this point, but what are what's your main modes of connection to BTS? Ooh, Christine, quick on the draw with the hand again. <laughs> yeah, so now um, I think a lot of the companies have a solid foundation with like uh, YouTube, TikTok, Weverse. But like back then I relied heavily on international armies to like repost stuff on YouTube and translate. So I guess like army to army is how I stay connected. Mm. Jess, I see your hand. Um, yeah, I see the same thing as Christine. Honestly, right now is a lot more TikTok than anything else but my biggest one was probably like youtube and facebook was my main mode like i never really was a titter twitter <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> i was never really like a, a tweeter like <laughs> so yeah like, facebook was like the way i found out like i follow all of the, like the big hit pages and then like any like fan site that's like really on top of everything there those are usually the ones that I get all my information from but TikTok is hilarious I love I don't know what it is for me I I can't get out of black army stands on TikTok I have yet to find like a good (laughs) army stands that isn't black I don't know it's That's okay. Say it. Right? <laughs> Go oh ahead. Say it. <laughs> the nail and hoop earring memes, those got oh. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I live for those. I see Faith's hand. Faith, how do you stay connected and engaged? Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, I totally agree with Jess. Like, TikTok, I feel like now, for me at least, is a huge way to, like, <laughs> engage with like the army fan base and like you said Leah, i see so many black armies on tiktok and they just be cracking me up with all their jokes and stuff but i feel like probably when i was getting into bts and how i got to deal with them more was all right i'm just gonna out myself i'm a tumblr girl i was yeah, waiting for someone to say that i was like i cannot be the only tumblr army like yeah. no, do not let me be alone. not alone okay <laughs> i'm I- here i'm still here tragically on tumblr uh, it's so sad <laughs> nowadays it's really quiet yeah so it's quiet. so quiet but i that's where i originally got like my k-pop information i would get it from like tumblr and like tumblr fan sites and fan accounts so that's how i like figured out everything now i think i'm probably a little bit more on tiktok i'm still not so much of a twitter fan um but that i know that's where like the hub is of like armies and whatnot so when something goes down then i just pop over and see like what's happening on twitter because it's probably a good strategy Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah that's that's where my little stuff is coming from a good old tumblr (laughs) brie where do you get your information um like when i first got into bts it was usually like word of mouth from other people um youtube tumblr like faith said i still have a tumblr it's dead now though (laughs) Um, but yeah um nowadays i would say definitely mostly like youtube and twitter i feel like every time you go on twitter there's something new that you can like find out like even if you don't want to find out you will right definitely twitter Mm Ooh, yeah. Faith, I see your hand again. Is that from before? Oh, I think that's just from before. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot oh, to click it on. My off. bad. <laughs> yeah, I was um 
introduced to BTS through Tumblr, at least. When I, like, saw that Just One Day video, that's, like, the first place I went. I don't know why, but trying to, like, search BTS on Tumblr back in the day, like, you were just getting, like, behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff. So I'm just scrolling. Yeah, just scrolling through content, like, trying to find that video, and I finally found it. And I'm like, this is it! And I watched it for, like, <laughs> 24 hours straight on Tumblr. <laughs> it's really serendipitous that you became an ARMY, because those search features are not the easiest, mm-hmm. especially back then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Tumblr was like awesome. Like just seeing all the content on there, mm-hmm. like all the gifts and everything, all the pictures, the fan edits. Like it was just a great space. And then I migrated to Twitter, and I probably shouldn't have. I should just. Somebody <laughs> tell you? Oh my god! I just it's... made a Twitter last year, and it's like, man, some of the fans on Twitter are like on test. It's too much. Faith is right though. Like the Twitter fans always have it first. Like every breaking news that I see is on Twitter. But like, yeah, there's a lot there that you're like, I I did not ask for this. <laughs> That's why I just peek yeah. my head in every once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly why I moved over to Twitter. Because, like, I had an account, but I was using it for, like, personal stuff or, like, other fandoms or whatever. But I would just, like, check in on BTS and, like, sometimes I would, like, see fan things or whatever. But, yeah, fan twit on, or stan twit, I guess, (laughs) on Twitter is, like, totally, it's a whole, like, different atmosphere than just, like, casually, like, checking out BTS tweets as they tweet them. (laughs) It is weird. It's weird. I feel like every different social media site has, like, a different culture. Like, you say Instagram army and you think one thing. And you say Facebook army and you think another. You say Twitter army or, like, stan twit and you're like, okay, here's another thing. And Tumblr, like, even though we're all one fandom, there are, like, weird different things that you get from each site. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And nobody brought it up. Like, we stay connected through our little DMV BTS oh, group. Come on. Oh, yeah. go knife to the chest. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking back to 2013. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's the obvious pick. Like, duh. Of course. I don't even think about it because you guys are my close, closest source. Uh. <laughs> yeah. If if you um if like I haven't said it before on the podcast, we have a little DMV BTS group. Um so that's how we all know each other. Um so that's how this conversation mm-hmm. got to where we are today. Um yeah, we meet up and we do like little BTS related events, we hang out, talk about BTS and stuff like that. So yeah, we're like in real life friends or whatever as Twitter Army would say. <laughs> we're IRLs, you guys. Living with my mute mutuals. Mutes? Mutuals? Don't even know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Jess, do you have your hand up for something? No, I think I just had it open. Okay. <laughs> you have a reason that sounded really passive aggressive. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, no worries. Well, I guess speaking of, how do your online interactions with ARMY or other K pop fans compare to offline? Oh, man. All right. I think I saw Jess's hand first. So. I feel like interactions over the internet, of course, some people don't have to show their real face or you don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. So some people really be sharing their real feelings out there. (laughs) Some of them be getting real wild. I'd be like, y'all chill. (laughs) Yes, definitely. When you were talking about TikTok earlier, Jess, it's just funny because Kalea and I have definitely talked that, like, you can say things on TikTok that you would never say on Twitter. Like, it's just so funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's also true. Super true. Because there was one girl, she was like, "Uh, I don't know what it is. You would think we were Victorian men out here with the way (laughs) you looking at these men's arms with short sleeves and shorts. (laughs) Oh, you can be as Delulu as you want. <laughs> no one's gonna say anything. Everyone just thinks it's funny, but like, get on Twitter and do some of that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they're coming for you. Oh my Christine, God. I saw your hand was up. Um, what was the question? I forgot the question. Um, IRL versus online. Yeah. Oh, my online presence is non-existing <laughs> because I feel like. For a huge part of my life, I had to hide the mm-hmm. fact that I like K-pop. So I kind of just, you know, stalk 
look, see what's going on. But in real life, y'all know me. I'm out there talking about everything because I'm like, oh, I found people just like me. So, yeah. Yeah, Faith, I, I, see your hand. I, I remember that phase of K-pop where nobody was listening and, you know, BTS wasn't off and popping and on Ellen and doing all their good stuff. And it was like, to like K-pop was like a secret bad thing. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like how like anime is popular now. But like if you watched anime probably when you were like in high school or middle school, it was like a nerdy thing to do. And like I used to not feel comfortable talking yep. about K-pop like openly. And like I would see somebody with like a shiny, I don't know, keychain and I'd be like, oh, that girl's like me. Maybe I'll say hi and maybe we'll have like a conversation or something. And that would be like the highlight of my day as a K-pop fan. But now I feel like since it's way more off open and like often I come across fans, it's really easy to have like in real life conversations about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I know what you mean. But like, I don't know. I think maybe even just like five years ago, there's no way I would have found you guys on the meetup group. <laughs> that sounds so crazy to say, but like, I don't think I would have found y'all, um, especially not now. It's all online, I think, beforehand for me. It was like me just knowing oh, online sure. communities. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. You guys really want me to cry. <laughs> yeah, Julie, you really did it. Julie, seriously, we miss you. We need you to come back to DC like ASAP. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Sadness. I guess, like, with me, um, like, when I first got into K-pop, like, I only knew a few people that liked it. So I think, like, some other people were saying it felt kind of, like, weird. Like, am I allowed to say this? Would someone think <laughs> I'm strange for, like, listening to a genre of music that's in a different language? But now that I think... Now I think with the internet, it's it's more normalized and it's really easy to connect with people that have the same interests as you. So it's pretty cool. My react, my um, interactions have been pretty positive overall. Yeah, I, I think there are certain things that exist on like Stand Twitter or probably elsewhere um, <laughs> on like social media that don't exist in real life. Like, there's just so much divisiveness on the internet. Like, yeah. having to, like, talk about whether you're a multi or you're a solo and who's a better fan if you're a solo or you're a multi or not. And there's so much ageism and, like, racial divisions. And are you a new stand or are you, like, a veteran stand? Like, there's just so much that will, like, make you want to, like, not even be online. But when you're, like, actually meeting people in real life, these things aren't even a factor, right? Like, our group is, like, pretty diverse um like all around diverse like age-wise race-wise like new or old fan like multi and solo and like we don't have any of these issues right like <laughs> people are constantly like fighting online like fandoms fighting online we don't have any of these issues online because it's not important like the one thing that like unites us is our common like interest in k-pop that's really all that matters at the end of the day agree and I think like a lot of that like um the toxic side of um like online k-pop fandom and stuff I think a lot of times these people are kids because some of it just doesn't make sense for them to like spend so much time like attacking someone who they think isn't as much of a fan as you or oh you like bts so you can't like this group too because we're supposed to hate each other I'm thinking a lot of them are kids at least I'm hoping they are because they're not <laughs> I'm a little concerned. I'm just like laughing at that solely because I saw a tweet a few days ago that was like these like fans that are presumably younger coming for me and telling me to pay my taxes. Like how many times a year do they think that adults have to file taxes? (laughs) That is crazy. Oh boy. I saw something and it was like, um, you're calling me a hag, but your bias is my age. (laughs) Right? Precisely. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Faith, I see your hand. Oh yeah, no, I'm just, I agree with both like Brianna and Clea. Like it's, it's so true that there is a lot of like, I think gatekeeping online regarding to like so many different groups and like, you know, circumstances, but like in real life, I don't care. I could find like an 80 year old woman with like (laughs) a sugar, like 
phone case and I would be excited to talk to her. So it it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like in person, all that kind of just falls away and you're just happy to find someone who's like, you know, a part of your fandom and enjoys the same things you do. But online, it's kind of like prickly. Like, you never really know. Like, am I going to be excited to get in this thread or is someone gonna call me a hag because I'm 25 like who knows <laughs> it's very interesting yeah I don't know when like um Twitter had like age limits or like liking k-pop had age limits I just find it really strange um especially like you said like I'm the same age as your faves so like, <laughs> you can't tell me I can't like them <laughs> doesn't make any sense it's weird and Faith, you're so right. Like, I had someone come up to me at the liquor store literally last night, a fanboy, recognized my RM phone case. And in the middle of me buying liquor, he's like, oh my gosh, an army. I'm like, yeah, showing yes. him my like earrings <laughs> and stuff. And like, when you run into other army on or in real life, like, it literally is really different. I don't know why Twitter specifically is like so prickly to it use your It just doesn't word. matter in real life. In real life, I'm just happy. I see your Jimin phone case background. I love it. We just want to talk, you know, and get excited. And I think that's, I guess, the best part about, like, having our meetup group and, like, being able to connect with fans in real life. Although, you know, pour one out for Corona. But <laughs> when we do have a chance to meet with each other, that's, right. like, the best part. It's just, like, getting to be our full fan like people self <laughs> exactly yeah and sometimes you get free stuff when you meet another army i, I wish cookie. i had a photo card to give that guy last night yeah and i didn't sadly i know i was literally at the bookstore and she was like i like your phone case it's on me and i was like thanks oh, <laughs> wow well that's nice i love that um, so have you have you guys connected with other Black Army online or offline? Um, and have your experiences with other Black Army affected you positively or negatively? Christine. I would say definitely positively because I feel like there was that little bit of struggle of being Black and a K-pop fan. So I felt comfortable, like my own little community that makes sense face yeah i a hundred percent agree with that i feel like (laughs) meeting in real life fans who are also like me like black it made it feel slightly more normal to both me and my family i feel like and maybe this is just me but i feel like within my family like they were like oh like black people don't listen to korean music you're like the only black girl who is out here listening to k-pop boys or whatever and it was like an odd thing and then i think i remember once i went to like a concert and i showed up and my mom dropped me off and there was like a bunch of other like black fans and she was like oh my god there's people like you and i'm like yeah see like (laughs) ta-da there's a bunch of other people to connect with and it was a really good experience and i feel like that's generally like kind of how it is whenever i meet uh black fans and like black army we're always just like excited to see each other um and to like i don't know it's like a kinship on another level <laughs> it's like not only do you come from my same cultural background but yeah we have our little like band that we adore so it's sweet jess i would say the same thing um like when I first became an ARMY, again, like only dabbling in K-pop occasionally, um, you know, being into BTS the way I was and, you know, going to meet Julie at the concert, I was, Julie was like literally- Just like, stop. What? No, seriously. No, no, no. Julie. I'm like crying. No, <laughs> it's a happy time for me. <laughs> but um, literally her being my first friend, you know, in K-pop or even- army friend and um you know when she was like let's start a group I was like so hesitant I was like I don't know I was like I don't know (laughs) it's true (laughs) how this is gonna turn out I was so like skeptical that people were even gonna show up and like you know me being thinking I was gonna be like the one of the only black girls who were into BTS and you know our first meetup seeing Kalei and Christine also being POC I was like yes I was so happy. I was like, I'm not the only one. Thank gosh. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah, it's like you're you're not alone. I don't know why we have that ideal sometimes, but it that's how I felt too when I showed up to my first meeting and I saw you guys. I was like, yes, the people of color, we all in this. <laughs> Christine, not- I see your hand. Yeah, going off of that, like the group that we have brought me so much confidence. Like I never went to a concert because I was afraid. I never bought merch, CDs, none of that. So I guess that's another plus to like meeting you guys. Yeah, I would agree. Honestly, like I was not into buying things for, you know, K-pop or anything like that because I was like, I felt so uncomfortable with, you know, I mean, you can go to uh, anime conventions and buy K-pop albums, but like I felt awkward doing so because that was the first time I actually bought K-pop albums was at a, uh, a anime convention. And um, me being the only black person at the booth, it, I, I don't know what I'm trying to tie this to, but I, I get what Christine is saying. You're like embarrassed to buy that kind of stuff while out in public. And you, and now that you know that BTS is like more widely known and especially within the black community, you feel more comfortable even talking to your family members about it. Like there's so many people on TikTok I see getting their family members involved in the army. And it's just so awesome to see. Like, I love seeing it. Yeah. I don't know about you guys or like your experiences, but um, most of my life I've had to like operate in like mostly white spaces. Um, I may have been, like, one of the only or, like, the few, like, Black people in my classes, um, within my friend groups and things like that. So, I guess it feels kind of weird, like, you kind of have to, like, those people want you to fit into, like, a certain box of, like, Blackness. And if you, like, don't fit in it, then you're, like, weird, right? (laughs) Or they have, like, something to say about you. Um, So... Definitely, like, like Faith was talking about with, like, liking anime or, like, manga or whatever earlier. Same thing with, like, liking K-pop, right? It doesn't fit in that box of, like, stereotypical blackness. So people look at you funny. Um, So, like, to have a community in K-pop, whether it's, like, online or offline, of people who, like, look like you and have, like, the same culture, it just, like, it makes you feel, like, really, like, whole, and it's, like, it feel you feel really safe, like, okay, I'm allowed to, like, be who I am truly and not have to, like, hide it, right? Like, it shouldn't be something you should have to hide, but unfortunately, that's, like, the way society kind of, like, sets it up, um, so, like, meeting you guys has been, like, a really cool experience, um, like, you know, I just get to, like, live my life freely and, like, like BTS because <laughs> like, I really don't, like, have to, like, care anymore, right? I don't have to worry about being, like, bullied by somebody in high school because I like BTS or something stupid. So, yeah. Yes, period. <laughs> Faith, uh. is your hand up to add to that point or is that from before? Yeah, I... I- completely agree with because she said something like um along the lines of like you're doing certain things is not considered like black enough or whatnot and I feel like especially for me in high school because I've been listening to k-pop for a long time that was like how I was considered in my friend group and I think that's just because at the time like not a lot of people who were black were also listening to k-pop I think I was the only like person in my friend group who knew about k-pop and it was like an odd thing and i was like oh i feel strange because there's no one who is accepting of like the same kind of things i'm into and like being around a group of people who accept like you as you but also like your interests as being like valid is like really rewarding (laughs) i don't know how else to put it it's just it feels good to also have someone who values your interests, even if they're not necessarily a part of like your typical culture or whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Bree. Oh, sorry. I think I see Bree's hand. Oh yeah. Bree. Definitely. Yeah. I just wanted to say, um, it's definitely hard, um, to be open, you know, about being an army or liking BTS. If you feel like, 
you don't really have representation, I guess, like as a black person, because like you guys were saying, it's like, oh, if I'm open about this, I might be judged or people, you know, might think I'm not black enough. Like for me, um, before I met you guys, I had like one friend who liked K-pop and who liked BTS. She's a person of color, but she's not black. So when I like joined this group on a whim and went to the first event, I was like, wow, like I already knew that there were, you know, other black fans, of course, like obviously there are, but there's a difference between like knowing that people like that exist and seeing them online and then like meeting them in person. So for me, that was like a really good experience and it melt it made me feel more comfortable about liking K-pop, liking BTS. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, this group is like, it's diverse, but it's like mm, predominantly black. <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. That is something I was super surprised about after, you know, our third and fourth event. And like you said, only maybe three or four, you know, non-people of color showing up. And I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Yeah. Like, we don't always have the same people come out to events. So it's kind of hard to, like, see the diversity. But there was one event. I think it was when we, like, went to go get Korean barbecue and, like, do karaoke. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. everyone was black except Julie. <laughs> it almost was. I do remember that event. It's true. Yeah. She's not wrong. That was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, so it's crazy. Like, yeah, like, just being able to, like, get together and, like, fellowship in that way, right? I don't know. It's just a it's it's a different experience. It's just awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, honestly, it makes me really happy to see that there's so many other black people who are stepping out of the quote unquote comfort box, you know, and doing what they really truly enjoy. Like because I feel like there's so many of us who are so afraid to be judged for what we enjoy. Um just just being able to, you know, gather or have the courage to even come together not ex- not knowing what to expect when you show up, you know. Yeah, it makes yeah. it makes me happy. Um, so do you guys feel seen as a black army um like within BTS, um with amongst the company and amongst the fans? Are black army fairly represented within the fandom? I see Jess. Whew, girl, that that's a huge one. <laughs> so let's start with the within the army i feel like absolutely we have a huge presence when it comes to you know community within you know our our social medias and you know our groups um when it comes to bts i 100 percent believe that they recognize that we're here and we're you know real deep within the army um and i i do appreciate that they include us within our music you know um for j-hope's single for um the ego him including the backtrack of um, a black choir, you know, having uh, a, a marching band, which are usually um, in, in the context that, you know, BTS use them um, in, you know, like AT&T college style um, band music, you know, I really do truly believe that they they recognize us here you know they see us and they want to include us but when it comes to the company is a whole nother ball game I feel like they're still holding this sort of fear of showing that we're here to the world like they're gonna get negative feedback because when the music video for life goes on the fan one came out I was super disappointed like I I didn't want to feel I didn't want to like automatically go to like look for all the black people within the music video but subconsciously subconsciously that's kind of what I did and I was so disappointed by not seeing my idea of a black American woman you can't help it but look like every single time you can't help but look I don't blame you Christine I saw your hand go well, Jeff said everything I was going to say, but I completely agree. Like with the Life Goes On video, I think last year was just a very challenging year. I kind of wanted to like leave for a little bit because I do also think that BTS, you know, sees us, but the company doesn't. 
And then with the whole Black Lives Matter thing going on and other armies were telling us like, it's not that important. All lives matter. It was just like, it was a lot. But I do think BTS sees us. Anybody else? Um, yeah, I'll jump in. I feel like it's it's a little bit of both. Like, obviously, within the fandom, and especially within, like, Black armies and fans, we recognize each other and we see each other. And I think, especially with other groups of, like, minorities in the fandom, we see each other. Um, and I've always felt the most seen in, like, fan spaces when it comes to being, like, a Black army. But I do agree with what everyone else is saying. But, like, company-wise, maybe in, like, representation of how the company shows fans or, like, even just puts them in, like, for example, like you guys said, the Life Goes On music video. That was very easy. I've seen other K-pop groups include diversity in that way. Like, um, for example, Luna, I think... I want to say their butterfly comeback. They had a bunch of different like girls and representing their fans being shown from various backgrounds. And I saw, I think like two black girls in there, which for me, I was like, Oh, we got two. That's, that's a lot. We normally only get one. (laughs) I was like impressed. Um, But I don't, I don't think it's that hard to have us represented. And I, I just feel like there's a lack that could easily be like filled, you know, if that makes sense. Um, and it's kind of glaringly hard not to see in like 2021, uh, where people are acknowledging like black people and black spaces and whatnot. And that's just like K-pop as well as everywhere else in the world. Like, you know, it's here, (laughs) we're talking about it. So yeah, I, I see the difference in both ways. I feel mostly most seen as a black army within fandom spaces, but not like in, the recognition of like big hit or like even in Korea, which I'm not sure I would expect them so much in like the Korean music industry, but you know, the world is diverse. You have the internet, you know, black people exist. So (laughs) I think we can take some more steps to show awareness of black fans. Yes, definitely. I agree. Like (sighs) the sigh, (laughs) (laughs) the companies do, It's like, how do I even put this without, like, wanting to, like, rage green? The companies do, like, just about everything um, to, like, profit off of black culture, right? (laughs) From, like, head to toe. Um, I mean, they're literally employing black people to write these songs for their artists. Um, They're employing black people to produce these songs for their artists. Like, the songs you were listening to are like inherently black um and then you got the stylist styling them um in like a somewhat stereotypical black fashion um so you're doing all this but then at the same time like you're making like no effort to like diversify your products um you know you're not even trying to like represent us like you guys are saying with like the life goes on video like the fan video i should say or even like when i was watching the um the BTS like concert um mods oh, one like yeah. even just like trying to like look at like the zoom background right like there was a ton Barely. of fans there like little to no black people like in the background right and I, I can't imagine that no black people applied or like signed up for it like like what's your excuse or like we had a episode we were talking talking about like the tiny ton video or whatever and I was just saying like this video was like super cute mm-hmm. but this person doesn't like really like represent me right like okay yeah she's an army and i get it but like looking yeah. at her i can't fully connect to her because she don't look like me or like you know in the bts game um like the most recent one we had to like fight with them to get like black <laughs> characters on there yeah, um don't they like had that. a black character but you had to pay for her. like what kind of stuff is that you know like yeah you're not trying like you're marketing to a very widespread and diverse group at this point and you know that but you're not making any efforts to like actually Mm -hmm. like cater to the people who are putting their dollars towards your groups and this is not just like a hit thing this is like oh like widespread pop thing in general like it's 
overall, like these companies need to like really get it together um, with their representation. And I know we're talking about just like black experiences today, but I mean, that can go for like multitudes of cultures, right? Like they just do a really poor job at um, trying to like represent us. (laughs) Adding to that, you might have to cut this out. I don't know. They see us, but they only see us when it's relevant. For example, mm. I remember the Idol music video, the remix with Nicki Minaj, and they had like the fans in there. They only, I think there was like one or two uh, people of color in there actually doing like dance. the West African dance that was like inspired for their Idol music video. But mm. other than that, life goes on. Where are we at? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Y- oh, yep. and then when they what was it called when they came over here to record their own music video it was uh hustle life oh, american that. hustle life yeah yes and you know they had us in the background just eating grapes <laughs> <laughs> that was very true oh yeah i want to talk about AHL later um we're gonna get into that later we're gonna come back we're gonna come back um but yeah, like I feel like that's why black fans have to start things like Blackout BTS on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, fans will have like Army Selka Day. You're not going to see ours like blowing up, right? So we were like, we were feeling like super underrepresented here. Like, let's start our own thing. And then people have an issue with it, right? Like, it's just so frustrating um, that sometimes it feels like we're not like invited in this space that profits off of us at the end of the day it's really frustrating um all right so we're going to pause the episode here um the conversation went on a bit longer than we originally thought it was going to but it's all good content so we want to make sure that everyone gets the chance to hear it so we're going to split this into two parts and we'll be back next week with part two Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we're super excited to continue this conversation next week. Yep. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Girls With Fun. We're so grateful that you chose to hang out with us. Once again, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. If you have an idea for an episode or you want to share your thoughts on any of the topics we've discussed, slide into our DMs or email us at girlswithfunpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time.